Hey everybody, it's JT. What is on your holiday meal shopping list? Well, I would suggest Painted Hills Natural Beef. It is some of the best beef in the world. And your friends and family will be thanking you for a long time if you serve Painted Hills Natural Beef for your holiday meals. And now you can buy it online just by going to PaintedHillsBeef.com. Use the code BBQNATION at checkout and save yourself 15% on your order. Give Painted Hills Natural Beef a place on your table this holiday season. This is Barbecue Nation After Hours, the conversation that took place after the show ended. Hey everybody, it's JT, and this is a special version of Barbecue Nation. It is brought to you in part by Painted Hills Natural Beef. Beef you can be proud to serve your family and friends. That's Painted Hills Natural Beef. Hey everybody, welcome to After Hours. I'm JT, and this is After Hours for Barbecue Nation, not to be confused with Barbecue Nation. Um, how about that? Does that confuse you? Yeah, we're talking with Leanne Weapon today. Leanne's going to be my new co-host coming up here shortly. As soon as we get yay. all the, the tech stuff done, yay. Congratulations to Jeff. Thank you. For conning you into being my co-host. So there you go. Uh, yeah, it didn't take too much of a twist of the arm. <laughs> no, I just said, hey, I got an idea. And you said yes. <laughs> so that was <laughs> that was pretty much it. So when you're judging something like the Jack, and you told us about the, you know, it was a minor mishap, really. It was a strange thing, but not a box coming to the table and not having the proper amount of, of same food object. You were talking about chicken before. Mm-hmm. Okay. But when you, and you've done the Jack before and you've done some other, you know, big events and even the, I don't know how many smaller events you've done, probably quite a number of them. but. One, what's the toughest thing about doing an event like that? And two, what's the strangest thing that ever happened to you? Um, at an event, not, not, in, not in your personal life, but at an event. At an event? Yeah. Um, as far as judging? Yes. Well, you know, I don't like when, you know, and it's happened that you get chicken that's not cooked all the way through. Um I've had boxes when they open the box, it's upside down. So when people put their food in, they don't realize there's a top to that box in the bottom. And the table captain has to open it with the proper top. And when you open it, like all the lettuce and everything is on top of the food. And they don't realize that they boxed it upside down. So that occasionally will happen. I had another thing happen at the Jack. Of which was fortunate in that you have to have six individual pieces and the ribs. Right. When the table captain picked up the rib, it was attached to the other rib. So technically she's supposed to put both ribs on the plate, but she gave it a little shake and it fell off. So that saved that team from being DQ'd. And I actually, the only DQ I ever got was doing that very same thing. I didn't have the ribs separated and I've never, ever made that mistake again. But I, yeah, you get in the, in the zone and you're moving along quickly. You're under the, you know, under the gun for time. And you just don't think about those little things that can be extremely detrimental, uh, you know, to <laughs> how you're going to do. So when you're um, judging this, this is kind of a abstract question, but, you know, I've watched Myron and he uses an electric knife. Do you mm-hmm. use, do you use an electric knife or do you use a, a handheld so That's to speak? Funny, I got into a conversation with a few people on that note. So I do use an electric knife. 
But you have to be careful because you can get the striations. It'll make almost like a little groove. So you've got to have the right knife. I use a Cousinart electric knife. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I talked to somebody who used to do that and now says, no, I prefer this. And he brought out this huge slicing knife. Um, you know, and he, I said, well, don't you find that you don't get your slices, you know, it's harder to get them even. And he said, no, actually, I feel like I have more control. So it's up to the individual, Mm -hmm. but you do have to be careful of the electric knives showing groove marks. But, uh, yeah, I did see Myron on uh, social media where he was slicing brisket with an electric knife and I do the same. Yeah. I just thought that was really interesting. Myron's been up here a couple of times for, um, local company called Sam's Northwest barbecue and they sell Myron's cookers and they've become friends. And I've seen, um, I saw the videos. They showed me the videos of, of Myron being there and he was, mm-hmm. he was going over how he slices it, um, uh, to present in the box. And he, you know, he had an electric knife with him and he goes, this is what we do. He goes, some people think this is weird, but you know, because we're so out there, uh, at different, you know, venues and this and that. And and people kind of think it's weird for them not to cut, uh, you know, with a great big chef's knife or something. And, uh, he goes, no, this is what we do. You have to think about, you know, the integrity of the meat too. If you know that you slightly, slightly overcooked your brisket, which means it's going to be kind of crumbly. You try to run a knife through that it's going to be much more difficult than running an electric knife through it and being able to get that slice to be a slice. Right. So, uh, you know, I always have everything ready for any kind of situation. So, um, you know, it, it depends. Everybody has their own thing, I guess. Well, true, true, true. I suppose they could cut it with a paring knife if they thought they were skilled enough. I, I wouldn't Pair recommend it. Yeah, I wouldn't recommend it. Get some tin snips out there, man. That'll do it. <laughs> you know, Yeah. That, that'll really uh, do it. When you uh, compete, um, and now that, you know, I know you're a television star, and now you're going to be a radio star, and that's very cool. <laughs> but... When you compete and you're working with a team, how do you keep everybody on the same page? Well, I predominantly, you know, my girls were there and and I was really cooking by myself. Um, I was doing all the categories and my team was my family, whether my dad would come and, you know, he would taste it and say it because I don't, for some reason, I just don't like to eat the meat after I've cooked it. And I can't have a clear head. And so I always have them around to taste and pick which one's the best one and help with, you know, doing the boxes. So I haven't had to deal with the whole team factor. I know a lot of teams that basically have one person designated for each category. And that's smart because you don't want to have people crossing and it it can become very heated and and, and it, it gets crazy. So I think it's smart that teams do that and designate categories for a particular person. Um, I am um, looking at possibly competing at Lakeland this year. And um, my daughter wants to compete and she can actually cook barbecue. So we discussed, all right, you're going to have this category. I'm going to have this category. And, and, and that's it. And, and you just have to separate it because otherwise I think it, it, it leads to um, chaos. 
I've I'm I've experienced chaos in my life a few times too. But <laughs> a little secret from me when when I used to do a lot of catering, and I had a crew that would help me. I kind of ran the whole thing and got everything prepped by myself. But then I would bring the crew in when it was time to start cooking, and then you know go to the venue and do this. I'm I'm kind of similar to what you just said a few seconds ago, Leanne, and the fact that you lay out all this barbecue and it's got a food and you got all your sides there. And my catering jobs always involve like shrimp and all kinds of stuff. Right. Uh, when we were done and the food was being presented and everybody could kind of take a breath for just a second before they had to refill the chafing dishes or whatever, everybody mm-hmm. was, you know, they would grab something to eat or if they smoked, they'd go outside and smoke. I don't know why the hell you had to go outside and smoke because we were, breathing so much of the smoke from the grills right right my favorite thing to eat right then was celery and ranch dressing i i didn't want to eat the tri-tip or the brisket like you were saying um Mm -hmm. i just i needed something if i was going to eat something i needed something kind of fresh and crisp and that and and i've always been kind of a vegetable guy not mentally hopefully but the other way you know, eating the stuff, but it was really weird because I would cook all this food. I did a charity gig a couple, three weeks ago and I had some tri-tips there and we had some chicken legs and thighs and all this and that. And they said, aren't you've got more than enough food for all the people here. Why don't you sit down and eat with us? And now I got to go, you know? Yeah. It's just like Thanksgiving. Same deal. You go through all that trouble. You cook all day long. I enjoy eating the leftovers the next day more than I do sitting down to dinner. It's just, you just kind of get, you're over it. I don't know. No, I'm, I'm with you kiddo because there's, to me, there's nothing greater than a Friday, uh, on old white bread with some mayonnaise, some Turkey, you know, and And stuffing (laughs) and stuffing and, and a little, maybe I always make extra gravy too. So I got some stuffing and mashed potatoes and sweet potatoes, a little giblet gravy, that mm-hmm. and then a cold turkey sandwich on white bread. I'm in heaven then. Yep. I'm in. I agree. I am in heaven. So when I talked to you a week or so ago, you were cooking. I don't think you'd gone to the Jack yet, uh, but you were, you were cooking risotto for dinner. Um, yeah. I, I was having a uh, boxed lasagna actually to tell you the truth, but <laughs> what, what do you, I mean, do you ever just go out and grill something for Leanne to have for dinner? Or do you, uh, like me, I try to stay away from the barbecue stuff quite a bit when I'm cooking at home. Because I think, one, I think my wife's tired of it. If we have guests, they expect it. But what do you, what do, you do at home? Well, see, I love, I, I love to cook. At, the problem is here in Florida, it tends to get so darn hot. And, you know, if it's 90 some degrees, I really don't want to go outside and at least do a long cook out there. It's, right. it's just it's too much heat. I will say my latest obsession is the silly little air fryer. Um, so <laughs> for me, since, you know, my kids are gone or, you know, they're in the neighborhood, whatever. But for me, I'm by myself. So it's hard for me you know, to take the time to cook up, you know, a full meal. So the air fryer is extremely convenient for me, but I do barbecue once, if not twice a week, for sure. I mean, I've got this incredible piece of meat that I'm going to be cooking this weekend 
And I mean, I've got it all planned out. It, 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 it's an 11.8 pound veal breast slash brisket. Who ever heard of such a thing? So I, it's the first time doing this and I, I haven't seen a whole lot out there on it. So I can't wait. And so I will be cooking for my daughter's friends. And so, you know, then wow. I'll take the time, but yeah. So convenient. The air fryer is pretty amazing. Send, send <laughs> pictures. A lot of flack. <laughs> yeah, no, it's okay. I mean, um, I think I told you the one of the shows I was on one time called Deep Fry Masters. I don't deep fry really much of anything. Uh, deep fried some turkeys and once in a while, maybe, you know, hit some French fries in the in the deep fryer. But uh, anyway, that was a terrible show I was on. And uh, that kind of <laughs> I was like, I'm never deep frying anything again after I got done with that show. <laughs> <laughs> it was it was it was not good. Um, we, um, you know, when we talked before about uh, what you've done, what you're doing, and all this stuff, do you ever think about writing a book? I do. Um, I have probably three manila folders full of recipes, thoughts, ideas. I had an interesting, uh, my stepmother uh, mailed me something that my dad had done. And it, it, it's something that I would include in the book. And what he did was he, he was a map person back in the day when, you know, you'd be driving with a map in your hand. Sure. And he has a map and it has a 300 mile radius and it's all highlighted in green. And then he talks about the regions within that three, you know, 300 mile radius and uh, really interesting information um, that he wrote kind of old school. So I want to incorporate, you know, a lot of what he has he learned over the years, um, not just making about recipes and, you know, barbecuing, but also the story behind it. And, and honestly, there's so much to writing a book and it, it can be costly that I, with all the restaurants and I, I never had the time. Right. Um, and, and so now I'm trying to carve out that time because eventually that is something that is on my bucket list to, to do. You have to be dedicated to do it, mm -hmm. to, to be focused on it. And you have to, I did one and it didn't work out very well. Oh, wow. But, um, and I'll tell you that story off the air someday, but okay, uh, you have to be really focused and you have to be involved with every step of the process to do it. Um, and, and it can be, it can be very monotonous and it can be very, uh, expensive. Yeah. It can because be if you want good photography, you're going to have to pay a photographer. Yep. Um, there, there's, you know, you've got to find a publisher. Some will back you. First book, nobody's going to back you. So you have to, you know, it, there's just a lot to it. It's like a puzzle to me. Right. So I'm slowly putting the pieces together. And then when green light go, I feel like I'm ready and I've got all that together. Uh, but I'm not ready and I want to do it right. So I'm, I'm going to wait till I get to that point. Well, you just keep compiling stuff. That's the best way to do it. You know, and then the pain in the ass is the organization and putting it in some semblance of order so it makes sense to the people that are going to buy it and read it and use it. Right. <clears throat> you right. know, that's a that's a big deal. What in the what in the barbecue world that you want to do that you haven't done yet 
is on your list. Well, you just knocked another one off radio. So. <laughs> <laughs> wow, I'm moving right along. There you go. There you go. <clears throat> um, you know, I've been really fortunate, you know, from competing to judging to restaurants to catering to vending. Um, you know, I, my, I've, I've just been very blessed in, in all aspects of it. So I just like to um, become more involved. I like learning about the technology. I like learning about, um, you know, just how grills are made and, you know, just learning history. And, you know, it's just there's so much out there. So I'm just trying to educate myself more and more every day. Sure. Um, so, well, it's fun. It is fun. And, uh, you know, to tell you the truth, <clears throat> excuse me, when I started this show, well, it'll be seven years after the first of the year. And um, I won't say I was reticent to do it, but boy, the show has grown. And if I had fun and learned a ton from talking to people doing this show. Mm -hmm. So now it's just become a huge part of my life. And uh, it's, it's great. You know, that's how we learn. We're, we're kind of people of creatures of habit. So we got to, we got to look around. What I and like talk about the, the the radio portion of it is when you're talking to people, it's like you're sitting down, you know, having a conversation, and you learn about people, and things come out that you don't really know you're going to go on this tangent, and then you learn your connections and what a small world it is, and and whereas you know books, you're reading stuff that's structured, you know, on paper, black and white, and you don't really get to learn about the people, the personality. And the radio brings that to life, and you learn a lot about people you don't know. And it, so I, I find that fascinating, and, and that's why I'm very excited about this uh, endeavor. Well, there you go. Before we leave today, <clears throat> I want to share a story with everybody. Yeah, Are you up for a good story, Leanne? Yes, I love stories. Okay. Okay. Uh, there was a couple, and they were about 85 years old, and they'd been married for over 60 years. 60 years. That's a long time. I think my folks were married about mm -hmm. that long. Uh, and they weren't, they weren't rich, but they managed to get by because they always watched their pennies and what they spent. And, and though not young, they were both very good health, uh, largely due to the wife's insistence on eating healthy foods and exercise, so on and so forth. So one day... Their good health didn't really stop them because they were going to take a vacation. And they jumped on the plane and the plane crashed. And next thing they know, cool. they were in heaven. All right. And they reached the pearly gates and St. Peter escorted them inside. And he took them to a beautiful mansion furnished in, oh, all kinds of gold and fine silks. And a fully stocked kitchen and a waterfall in the master bathroom. And they could see the uh, their attendant there uh, hanging their favorite clothes. And they gasped. And, they, and then he said, welcome to heaven. This will be your new home. And the old man asked Peter, how much will all this cost? And St. Peter said, well, nothing. Remember, this is your reward in heaven. And the old man looked out the window and right there he saw a championship golf course, which is where I come in, finer and more <laughs> beautiful than anything ever built on earth. And he says, what are the green fees? And St. Peter says, well, this is heaven. And he goes, so there's no green fees. You can play every, every day free and next they went to the clubhouse and this is where you come in the lavish buffet lunch that was set out there and every imaginable thing was laid out before them from seafood to steaks and exotic desserts and beverages 
free flowing. And St. Peter looked at him. He said, don't even ask, man. He goes, this is heaven. All this is for you to free for an enjoy, to enjoy. Um, and the old man looked around again and kind of looked at his wife and he goes, well, where are all the low fat and low cholesterol foods and the decaffeinated coffee and tea? And St. Peter says, well, that's the best part. He says, you can eat and drink as much as you like, whatever you like, because you'll never get fat or sick. This is heaven. And the old man said, well, no gym to work out. He goes, not unless you want to. No testing of my blood sugar or blood pressure. And he goes, nope, never again. You're all you got to do to enjoy yourself. And the old man looked at his wife and said, you and your damn bran muffins. We could have been here 10 years ago. So <laughs> anyway, that's a little, little story. Somebody that's a said, cute story. I like that. There you go. Well, Leanne Whippen, thank you for being with us, folks. And I'm you're hearing it here first, Leanne. I'm welcoming her to the Barbecue Nation family. And uh, thank you. We'll look forward to working with you on a continuous basis. And it's going to be a lot of fun. It is, for sure. Thank you so much. You're welcome. We'll be back next week with another edition of After Hours here on Barbecue Nation. And uh, don't forget the golf show, too, Grilling at the Green. Got all kinds of fun stuff we're doing. So um, you all take care. Have a great week. And remember our motto here, turn it, don't burn it. Take care, everybody.